Hey everyone, welcome back to Behind the GM Screen. I'm Richard from Grey Wizard Gaming. Sakura Draven. And we are talking about some of our worst mistakes as game masters. We uh, we started just talking about it, and I was like, we just need to record it because <laughs> the, <laughs> there's uh, some stories. There's some stories, <laughs> and uh, I think if we if we know a lesson we learned. I think we should share it so that if <laughs> people find themselves having made the same mistake, maybe mm -hmm. they don't or uh, can fix it. So um, you want to start us off? Okay. Well, I killed two players in the first session in the first combat because I put far too many hunters against them because I didn't understand combat balance at all and outright murdered them. <laughs> <laughs> They were not happy about it. Uh, combat's always been my weakest point as a GM. So that is, I would say that's a weak point of, of the White Wolf system. Yes. Uh, things can go real bad, real quick, mm -hmm. unexpectedly. On the other hand, players can uh, kind of get a god complex where oh, yes. they start because... Um, they build the characters well and they mm -hmm. learn how to use the system and pretty soon they're just kind of trampling through the story and you're like this isn't how the characters would behave yes i i've also given characters too much power um yeah. been too generous with things right out the gate and then i end up with a party that can trample through just about everything i can throw at them and Again, combat, even to this day, is a, is a weak point for me. I don't, I at least feel like I don't run a good combat scenario. So it's always something that I'm trying to improve upon. I mean, I'm not against outright murdering god complex characters, but you really shouldn't. You definitely, like, I, I'm a big believer that every death should be meaningful. Yes. And it shouldn't be an accident. Like, you, um, in, in some some other games, not D and D and not White Wolf, but some other games, you have to uh, kind of put it on the line. Mm -hmm. You have to say, "Hey guys, I believe this is a pivotal a pivotal moment, and I want to put it on the line that characters can die. Yes, but also the villain can die. Yes. Otherwise, the villain's going to run away, mm -hmm. and the characters can run away. And that's and the, and they actually formalize that there's like and these t typically are rules light." mostly narrative kind of um weird games but but they do they do have this effect where everybody chooses and they're like i'm sick of this guy mm -hmm. i want to kill him okay so you're gonna really put it all on the line i am yep and yeah it's it's fun it, um but why wolf's not good at it no the uh, combat not is, good at it yeah either, so. combat can be can go south real quick and i've had i've had my big badass monster and they trampled him in the first three rounds and i was like Ugh. but then i took little baby starving vampires and i was able to bring the main character down to half health yeah so yeah one of my um probably like biggest flaws as a game master is i am like if i feel pressured mm -hmm. i will give an answer if i don't know it Mm -hmm. and um and so i tried i really try to say hey guys can we just take a break mm -hmm. can we take a break so that i can 
because you know the the group sometimes goes off in some weird direction and in this this mistake i gave the players a wish oh no <laughs> and i really wanted this kind of fun corrupted wish story uh-huh and they um i don't even they they were like i want to own and control a bronze dragon uh, a great worm bronze dragon of course and i was like okay and they they were like okay so what happens and i'm like wait and they're like so like like and they had they had worked it out they they'd worked out a pretty big thing and i was like okay great um here's a bronze dragon made of bronze a statue <laughs> just a statue and there was nothing in their wish that defined that it was a living breathing bronze dragon so did you have a mutiny <laughs> no they they were very happy okay they calculated the value of, of, of this much bronze and they started carving it up and carding it out and they were like we're the richest characters ever oh. and um it it really did and it it was not it like if i was not a 16 year old game master at the time i could have thought of many different ways to make it so that they're not so happy mm -hmm. about endless amounts of bronze but at the time they like they just magically spent it all mm -hmm. and then took all this this immense amounts of wealth and bought kingdoms and that was it and it was like and that doesn't even make any sense either because even if you had enough money to buy a country yeah it's not for sale <laughs> as as our president recently learned you can't just choose to buy greenland <laughs> <laughs> it's just not an option you don't have enough money to buy a country so um giving yeah. the players too much money i've also made that mistake early on in a dragon age campaign they did a mage tower and I ended up letting them loot way too much gold because, again, I didn't understand the monetary, yeah. you know, value of the money in the system. And then they were able to buy all the weapons that they wanted, all the armor they wanted. It's like, oh. So in a video game, specifically like uh, Dragon Age, if you if you play the game well and you find all the secret treasure mm -hmm. or you just kind of grind through missions you can have an immense amount of, of gold in the game, but it doesn't unbalance the game because the shops only have so much stuff to buy. Yes. But as game masters, it's very hard for us to uh, like, I mean like new game masters, mm -hmm. it's very hard to imagine that there's a limit to the amount of imaginary stuff yes. that is available for sale. Yes. You could you could literally be the the billionaires of Dragon Age, and once you buy that one decently powerful magic staff, mm -hmm. that might be it. Mm -hmm. They might have to wait six months. Yep, it just might not be anything else. So, um, there's ways to handle this, right? But but at the time, at the time, they're like, oh well, if I have somebody come steal the gold, they're going to think that that's like the GM really putting down the hammer. Uh, so yeah, I, I would, I'm not against having gently encouraged them to 
upset the wrong thieves guild <laughs> yeah i think uh that is that is i i do not want to uh handle the wealth problem no by them waking up and it's like oh you were robbed in the night mm -hmm. yeah but instead if i i feel like it's legitimate if i start having them make perception checks mm -hmm. and they realize they're being cased they're being watched yes not by one thieves guild, by many thieves guilds. Oh, increase that player paranoia. Yeah. I love it. I love and it. You can spend whole adventures where you're where you're like, okay, so for the last five game sessions, all we've done is fight off hordes of of different, like ever more powerful thieves mm -hmm. who are determined to get the wealth because that magic thing that they want to buy isn't gonna be in stock for a year. Right. So now they're like well, I really want that artifact, but I have to hold on to wealth long enough to pay for it. Mm -hmm. They're like, can we just give them like, well, if that person gets robbed, they may never give you the artifact. Well, no, then I want to keep on like, you know, and th that's a whole yes. adventure. Th that's fun. You can turn your mistakes into fun things. Yeah, definitely. Or um, sometimes you get stuck with overpowered players and not able to throw like as much at them. Yeah. Yeah. That's, um, so one of my one of my big mistakes, and this was actually as a player, not as a game master, and I'm very, very rarely a player, yeah. but this person had this campaign that they had spent 10 years and never had a group with, and they built this immense, crazy dungeon of um, just levels and levels and levels of dungeons and whatever, and it, it was... There was no story per se, very little story per se. Mm -hmm. And he was so proud of it. And he had all these traps and he had all these dreams. And he was like, I specifically made it so that you could play any type of character and it's going to be a challenge. And it was like a battle of will between okay. the, the between him as a dungeon master that he had like imagined being mm -hmm. this dungeon master, not trying to like accomplish something with the players. And I took it as a challenge rather than saying hey how can we have fun yeah no it was it was it became this like board game <laughs> of D D, and i was like i can make anything he was like yeah like my games have challenged anybody and i was like no matter what the rules he's like any rules and i was like so i can use the second edition psionics handbook with the dark sun expanded rules for psychics yeah like no problem. Like my, my thing is a challenge no matter what. And I'm like, okay. So it took me one session to make him like quit in despair. Oh, and that was not the you point. It was not the point. It was like, I know, I know I'm, I'm, I am. <laughs> um, so it was a really, really bad mistake. Um, on my part, I made a, a cyanicist who used a variety of powers to, create wormholes to the sun mm -hmm. which would just incinerate anything that was standing on the other side of the wormhole it was ridiculous it just honestly it was above and beyond crazy <laughs> which is why as a game master you have to be willing to say no yeah you like this campaign is not ready for your mage the ascension character mm -hmm. or it's not ready for your sinuses who can open wormholes into the sun it yeah. just it's just yeah yeah it's it, it's hard to say no as a gm yeah i think that, that 
it's hard because you want again you're coming i'm coming from a place of i want my players to have fun yeah so i want to give them whatever they want and then create the challenge after the fact and that has bit me in the ass a few times yeah it's i've definitely like for me i like i love have certain concepts that are certain characters i love driss dorden mm-hmm. um i love um Dresden, maybe I like characters named with D, but um, <laughs> like I like these strong franchise books where there's like 10 books about the same person who's gone mm-hmm. through these things. And so as a, as a game master, when somebody comes to me and they say, my dream is to be this character. Yes. I want to be Wolverine. Yeah. Or whatever then I want to make that happen for mm-hmm. them. I do. Because I'm I'm still waiting for that. Like, I want to play in the Dresden Files universe. Mm-hmm. And I never have. So I just feel like, okay, well, I've never gotten what I want. Yeah. So can I give somebody else what they want? I believe want? Fate Core did a Dresden. I have the book upstairs and I stare at it longingly. <laughs> <laughs> but you you need a whole group of yeah. game masters. Yeah, to, yeah. Fake core. I I agree with that. Fake core is a system that you need game masters at the table. Yeah, and I would I would totally be up for it. But we'd all have to be like not only that, but I feel like you kind of have to be the same kind of game masters. Yes. Or you're gonna have a real battle of wills. It's not gonna go well. Yeah. Yeah. Um, which would be a, its own kind of game master mistake. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, like when when you start when I think okay. I want them to be able to be who they want to be for Shadowrun. Shadowrun has vampire rules mm-hmm. and they are, I think generally overpowered for their limited downsides because in the modern world, having a severe allergy to the sun isn't a big deal when you can wear the equivalent of body armor that protects you from the sun. And most of the shadow running mm-hmm. is at night. Yeah. So, um, I did, I did have a player play a vampire and it's not, um, ultimately it's just overpowered and that's not necessarily a problem if the whole group's vampires. Yeah. It's only a problem when one person is making everybody else feel redundant mm-hmm. and it's just like, well, can we just like retire because this guy can do everything. Yeah. 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 And that's um the unfortunate thing about that and and we're going to eventually going to have a like how to handle these kind of players. Yes. But to me the biggest challenge there that I made a mistake in allowing one person to be a vampire is that um even powering up the other characters will not satisfy that player. Yes. Because their goal is to ultimately be more overpowered mm-hmm. than the rest of the group. So now I've actually made them not as happy. Yep. That's a that's a player archetype that yeah, as a GM we always have to deal with it yeah. at least one or, once or twice. And they're not bad people for wanting no. this. It's just that's what they want out of the game. That's their fun factor. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, uh, yeah. Balancing all the different players' fun factor can run into GM problems. Yeah. 
Definitely. Mistakes can be made. Um, also, forgetting what you've said as a GM during a prominent conversation. Oh. And the player's like, no, no. Uh, I have players that take one particular player right now. She takes exceptionally good notes and she sees details. And they'll run back to a conversation six sessions ago. Like, no, you said it this way. Okay, yep, I did. And then, like, the whole concept that I had going with it that day is now out the window, and I have to figure out what I actually meant to do to begin with that I've forgotten about. So take good notes as a GM. <laughs> I um, I often appoint roles to players so that, number one, so that they are rewarded mm-hmm. for doing what they want to do anyways. So I'll make somebody the historian mm-hmm. and then I'll just like text them and I'll say, Hey, can you remind me what happened? And they feel good. Oh, because, that is a good way of doing, dealing with that. And that's, um, I, I typically run a game the way that I run a company. <laughs> <laughs> so delegate duties. Yeah. I delegate and I, and I want specialists, not generalists. So I don't want everybody to be a game master. Mm-hmm. I want, um, I want to be the person kind of responsible for uh, collaborating, getting everyone to have the most fun. Yes. But um, yeah, I, there definitely become scenarios where I said something and I was wrong later (laughs) on. And then um, I think now I'm better at, at saying somebody lied mm-hmm. because that's because in the reality, like people lie, mm-hmm. especially people in power. Yeah. So when they, when, when somebody says, Oh, I would give you something if you did this, it's very easy for somebody to say, well, three weeks ago, your character said this. Mm-hmm. So now you're wrong, <laughs> which is very different. So from you twist li- it to the character was being deceptive. Yeah. Okay. That's, a, that's one way of dealing with it. It's obviously if you're, um, if your character maybe went to a, I, I don't know, a magic cave mm-hmm. on an island and then you misremember and you put that like there's no magic cave there or there's a magic cave on a different island or some sort of other fact. It's very hard mm-hmm. if you make a mistake on a fact. And I've definitely made mistakes on facts. And that's where I, I wish I'd taken better notes. And I don't think there's any there's any way to solve that other than just saying, hey, guys, I'm sorry. Unless you're recording your episodes, so you can record back to what oh, you said. Man. <laughs> yeah. Fig- I, figuring out how to confront. Have you ever done that? I've wanted to sometimes. Oh, I've wanted to. Just, it, just because we've had pretty epic moments yeah. in our in our sessions, and it is it is difficult as a GM to remember every detail. So being able to be confronted with that and handling it with grace is definitely a yeah. GM exercise. Uh, there's sometimes though that you know I don't strong arm the players, but if it was a strong intention and I already have six other things in the background that this is leading to, mm-hmm. then yeah, then I'll say. GM prerogative. Right now, this is how we're going with it. Yes, I recognize my mistake, but I've got things in the pot. Yep. So GM prerogative is a is I will rarely use it, but I'll say it and be like, 
This is this is what we're doing. I made a mistake, but I've got a direction I'm trying to send you to. Yeah. Which is, I think, a very honest conversation mm-hmm. with the group. Yeah. Right? Is both ownership, but also it's going to be worth it, guys. Yeah. Stick with me here. <laughs> right? So, um, yeah, I, I think... Uh, I think we all make mistakes, but um, handling with grace. That's mm-hmm. a great exercise. We need we need a whole episode just about that. Because Oh, those hum- humbling GM moments. Yeah. All right. That's perfect. Yeah. I'll write that down. All right. Um, any, any other mistakes we want to go over now? Like I said, my biggest ones are combat either overpowering or underpowering, and then my epic combat doesn't, doesn't come to the vision I had. Remembering what you've done, yeah. For me, it's being rushed into in the snap, snap judgments. Mm, yeah, yeah. That's just um, it's something I've tried to to really get better, both in personal life, business life, and game life. Is being willing to say, "Hold up, I need a few moments." Yeah, I need GM to- break. I need, yeah. That that's definitely a key thing to utilize. I think it. I think it solves probably eighty, ninety percent mm-hmm. of all problems in life. <laughs> yes. Sometimes you need a moment to stop. Yeah. Yeah, I agree yeah. with that. How to handle your GM mistakes? There we go. All right, everyone. I think uh, I think we should end it here. Okay. All right. Uh, make sure to comment on this video on behind the GM screen. Tell us your mistakes. Yeah. Yeah. Share us, uh, share with us uh, your stories. And uh, with that, bye guys. Bye.